Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of It's Just a Talk. My name is Mauricio. I'm your host. And I was Soak It Up Remits by Monet Exchange. Or that's her name, as you should say, because with the accent is Exchange. Because she has an accent on her name. Uh, so, welcome back to Just a Talk, the Spanglish, political, queer, shady, everything podcast, uh, where we talk a little tea, we talk a little truth, but we always leave time to talk some shit. Today's episode is being brought to you by Donas. And by donuts, I mean, like, actual donuts. So the reason why it's bringing back to you by donuts is because the Oakland teacher strike has been going on for six days now. Tomorrow will be seven days on Friday. We'll talk a little bit more about it later. And on Monday, there was actually a shortage of donuts and bagels in Oakland. There was an article written that uh, donuts and bagels were on an all-time low because all the teachers bought a bunch of donuts and bagels to take to their, like, to their picket lines. So, donuts, thank you. Bagels, you too. You're just not as tasty as, as donuts. So I, I, I think donuts was going to take it. Uh, but if you're ready, I'm ready. So let's get this party started, y'all. To it's just a talk to our first segment of the week. I like to call it How Was Your Week? So, on this segment of How Was Your Week, we're gonna go ahead and talk about RuPaul's Drag Race. We're gonna talk about everything that's happening in the teacher strike. We'll be talking about many other things. So, why don't you stick around? Uh, first, I wanna talk about the RuPaul's Drag Race All Stars 4 finale, or as Adore Delano would like to call it. So, nobody won? <laughs> I honestly, it's been two weeks since uh, both Monet Exchange or Monet Exchange and uh, Trinity the Tuck Taylor got crowned as double winners. And I still don't know um, how I feel about it. I have not, like, came up with an opinion. Uh, I just think, uh, I guess I have come up with an opinion. I just don't know if I'm happy or, or upset about it. I guess my opinion is that I just don't like how political it was. Um, I keep thinking if Shangela would have just won last season, then Trinity could have just won on her own, and they didn't have to pol- be politically correct and have Monet win as well, uh, which is the big reason why I think they had... Um, Monet win. I mean, if Trinity would have won by herself, it would have been four white queens in the Hall of Fame. That was not going to be a good look for RuPaul or for Wild Productions. And so that's why they did a double win. Um, I, I just, I don't know. I mean, not that Monet didn't deserve to win. I just feel like there were so many other times where a tide could have been the way to go. Like, 
uh, first season of All Stars, Raven deserved it just as much as Chad Michaels. Um, second season of All Stars, I feel like Alaska and Detox could have tied, but why this one? Like, why this one? Because it was a black girl. Um, and as much as I want to be happy, I feel like it's a little bit like robbed. Like, I'm robbed of my happiness because I know the reason why they did it. Uh, so that's all I'm going to say about All Stars for uh, the winning. And today we start the new season of RuPaul's Drag Race, season 11. Bigger and better than ever. And I'm honestly not excited at all. Like, I think I said this before, and I thought I was going to get excited when I saw the first 15 minutes of, like, the show. Because they always release, like, the first 15 minutes. Um, and I'm just not excited. Like, I'm like, okay, so it's happening. I have a workout class from 7 to 8. That shit starts at 8. I'm going to get home late. Probably not going to watch the whole thing. I'm just not excited. I'll just watch um, recaps or I'll hear what the tuck um, and get a recap of what happened then. Uh, All right. So uh, moving on to this thing that has been on the news for the last two weeks since it happened. So the last episode, we talked about how Josie Smollett got attacked um, allegedly at this point by um, two men uh, wearing MAGA hats, and they said, this is MAGA country. They they tied a noose around his neck, and then they poured bleach over him. Um, Then reports came out that he might have, I guess, falsified this um, attack or, like, paid the attackers, like, to benefit his pay at... Um, for the show that he's in at the show Empire. And then now, like, they're not sure if what the Chicago police had said is actually true. I am just going to say this. I believe victims. Like, I believe victims of, like, hate crimes. I believe victims of domestic violence. I believe victims of sexual abuse. I'm going to believe a victim until I have clear evidence in front of me that it did not happen, or that that person, that victim, is actually a liar. And right now, I have not seen no clear evidence that shows that Jesse Smollett actually lied. Like, I have not seen anything. Anything, Everything has been speculation. Everything has been what the Chicago PD reports. And first of all, do we remember that Chicago PD is so fucking corrupt? Like, this is the same Chicago PD that tried to, like, cover up a murder of an innocent, unarmed black man. Like, and you're gonna think that they're going to allow this black man to, like, tell the truth? Like, I do not trust the police. Not the Chicago police. Not any police. Like, the police gives me anxiety. It gives me PTSD. Like, every time they're near me when I'm driving, I I, I don't give a fuck because I don't care they're there because um I will call hate crime on their ass. But they also give me anxiety that they're there and that I don't know what's going to happen. So I don't believe the police. Like, end of story. I really don't. And I think I'm okay with that. Um, up next, we have, uh, apparently, One Day at a Time, uh, they came out with, I believe it was their third season? Um, and now it's, um, people are afraid that it's going to get canceled. 
because not enough people have been watching it. And so, yet this happened after season two. Netflix wanted to cancel it. There was a huge uproar, and then Netflix did not cancel it. And now, yet again, Netflix is saying that they might cancel one day at a time. If you have not watched One Day at a Time on Netflix, I need you to, like, do that right after this podcast ends and start watching it from beginning to end. It will change your life. I believe it's one of the uh, best representations of a Latino family. Uh, and not just a Latino family, but like a family in America talking about things that are happening right now. So I need everybody to go see that. Um I guess this next topic, I don't really have to say much about it other than um, Bernie Sanders is back. Hey, 2020 election. My name is Bernie Sanders, and I'm just here to shake shit up. I feel like he's like the Vitsen when the Vitsen walked in on uh, season 10. Was it season 10? Yes. And he was. she was like, I'm just here to fight. I feel like Bernie Sanders walked into the room with all the other contenders and was like, I'm Bernie Sanders. I'm just here to shake shit up. Or maybe he came in in a box like um, Shangela, and they're all like Cernarande, and then... Um, he he came out and like little birds came out of the bots first and he was like hallelujah bitches i'm back <laughs> so bernie sanders is back yo uh people are saying that if anyone can beat kamala harris it's going to be bernie sanders or at least it's going to be really close i wish uh julian castro was in that running but the way the polls are going julian is not um, but I'm still pulling for him. I'm still pulling for Julian. Um, and the last thing we're going to talk about, it's about this Oakland strike that's happening. Uh, I was actually going to have a couple of people sit in and record this podcast with me from the Oakland strike. But they couldn't because the strike has been still going on. And so I actually, what I did is I actually took my microphone and I took my ass down to the strike to support my fellow teachers and my students that I used to teach. And this is what happened there. All right, so right now I'm with Joel Thompson. And what do you teach, Joel? I teach math and science to newcomer students for recent arrivals from other countries, recent immigrants, at Frick Impact Academy, a middle school in East Oakland. And right now we're in front of La Escuelita, and can you tell me why we're in front of this school particularly? So there's a school board meeting happening at this at this school site later today, and all the school board is coming. Rumor has it that they're coming to pass a budget that would be destructive for a lot of schools, especially you know predominantly black and brown schools in East Oakland, schools like mine. So I'm here to advocate for my school and try to convince the school board that they're not acting in the best interests of our kids. So why why strike? Why are we striking? Can you please tell people why the Oakland teachers, all 84 schools, are striking? Well, it's a good question because I I talk to different people and people are striking for different reasons. Like I think us, you know, both a strength and a weakness of a strike. I'm learning. This is my first strike. <laughs> is that people can look at a strike and see whatever issue they have with the world reflected in those protests. You know, so as I see it, some people are just saying. I don't, I'm mad about the education my kid is getting in Oakland. Like, okay. I'm going to come and advocate for them. Some people are saying, I want fewer charter schools. Some people are saying, I want a living wage so I can stay in, in Oakland, continue teaching in Oakland. Okay. Um, so I think it's it's both beautiful, but also shows, shows that there are a lot of needs. And we have so many problems with education in our system that 
it, it's hard to pick and choose what the first the first need we're gonna address is. So you said a lot of people so, are, are striking for different reasons. Why are you striking? So for me, the biggest the biggest reason is teacher retention, which is directly related to teacher pay. Where I we have some hella good teachers at my school. You were one of them, uh, my friend. Um, <laughs> you you taught me how to work work at my school, man. Um, and our teachers leave because they don't get paid enough to live in Oakland. They because leave they and go work in, they work in the suburbs, they move to Nevada, they move to LA, but our teachers don't stay. And we have, like, Mauricio, like, do you go by Ava or Mauricio? Whichever. Ava, Av, like, that's his teacher name, guys. Um, like, kids, Av comes back to school, and I have kids asking me every day, where is Av? We want him to come back and teach at our school. But it's not possible for a lot of teachers yeah. to stay in Oakland in the long term. And I see kids at my school who are used to teachers coming in, building relationships with them, and walking out and leaving. And our kids have had enough close relationships in their lives terminated when they were not ready. Our kids are tired of people abandoning them. They need consistency in their lives. And we need to be able to provide that. All right, thank you so much, Joe. I appreciate you. All right, so right now I am with... Roxana de la Cortez. Roxana, where do you teach? I teach fifth grade at Manzanita Seed. And right now we're in front of La Escuelita where we just got news that the board meeting was shut down or canceled for today because all the teachers are out here blocking their entryways. Can you tell me a little bit more about why there's so many teachers here and why this strike is happening? That's right, people power. All right, that's why it got shut down. <laughs> Can you tell me why the strike is happening? Yes, this district. Um, so we're asking for three demands. One, winning a living wage for all educators. Close to one, okay, let's be real, it's Oakland, close to one. Two, winning class size reductions. And three, winning additional student supports. So why are you personally here, Roxana? Because um, I've just seen trends. And it's usually mostly our schools are that, uh, with the majority of African-American youth. Um, that are getting closed down, the ones that have the least resources, you know? And I get that a lot of people say that it's not a class or race problem, but I think if you get to the root of the issue, it is. And I think it's about time that we come together and do something about it, you know? All right, thank you so much, Rotana. All right, so right now I am with another teacher. Your name is? Carmina Portea. Carmina, what do you teach? I teach a TK and K combo class in at Reach Academy in East Oakland. So in East Oakland. I've heard East Oakland a couple of times today. Can you tell me a little bit about what's happening here at La Escuelita? Well, right now we were just uh, roaming around all the sides of La Escuelita to shut down the school board meeting. And so we heard that that happened. Can you tell me a little bit more about your feelings about why this strike is? Honestly, I feel like Oakland has been doing us dirty for like way too long, and especially in our higher needs schools and deep east Oakland closing down way too many schools and creating charter schools. Um, so I'm just here for the fight and for like my babies. Like last year, like I had a class of 28 kids for kids that are like four or five years old, and it's just unacceptable. And we just need to fight this and stand strong. All right, thank you so much, Carmina. Yeah, thank you. We love you.
Again, thank you so much to Joel, who teaches at Frick, to Roxana, who teaches at Manzanita Seed, and to Carmina, who teaches at uh, Reach Academy. Uh, yesterday, that's when I went and recorded uh, with them. Today, I was actually in downtown Oakland in front of the mayor's office where there was a unity strike. Uh, people called the sick out uh, and unity of the Oakland teachers. Uh, the hopes is that they will reach an agreement by tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow will make it its seventh day. And so it already as long as the L.A. strike was today. Um, so yeah, thank you so much for them to being able to speak upon it. Um, and with that, we're going to go ahead and move on to our next segment, our question of the week. So I'll see you there. That was Yo No Se Mañana by Luis Enrique. Apparently, it's a really popular song in Latin America, especially Central America. It's one of my favorite songs. Uh, that, again, Luis Enrique, Yo No Se Mañana. Um, if I ever get married, that's a big if. That would be a song that I would want mixed in with my first dance. Um, I decided that if I don't get married by the time I'm 40, that I'm just going to have a big ceremony of, like, declaring myself forever single. Um, and it's going to be like a wedding. I'm going to expect all my friends that I went to their weddings for to bring me a gift. I'm just, I'm just throwing it out there. Uh, welcome back to our next segment of the podcast, our question of the week. So there's been a lot of things on the news uh, regarding this in the last couple weeks. Uh, so I felt it was proper for me to be able to talk about it and to ask, um, basically talking about what is blackface, what is blackfishing, and even what is a black scent, and why is it not okay? Like, uh, people still don't know why it's not okay. Uh, so just going to give you a little context and history on this, or her story, or their story. Uh, blackface is a form of theoretical makeup used predominantly by non-black performance to represent a character caricature of a black person. The, the practice started during the 19th century and contributed to the spread of racial stereotypes such as the happy-go-lucky darkie on the plantation or the dandified coon. So it started in the theater because uh, white men were the ones that, uh, I guess, did theater because black people were not allowed to be in movies or in theater. And so they started doing blackface. Then it became a stereotype. Um, and now, even now in 2019, uh, the 21st century, so two centuries after it started, and it's been deemed like offensive it's still happening uh most recently we uh it happened with gucci and like the sweater um they were selling the sweater where like it was a um what are those neck sweaters called you know like the neck sweaters i forget what it's called a neck sweater is there a neck sweater whatever uh and then when you rolled it up it had space for your lips to come out but it was a big red lips so it looked like 
someone was doing blackface. Then we had uh, Katy Perry with her ugly ass blackface uh, shoes. Then we had um, Burberry come out with the sweater that had like a noose tied to it. So it looked like this person had just hung themselves. Um, and that was both uh, deemed, you know, not okay for like uh, slavery times, but also not okay for like um, suicide survivors. And there's been a couple of people that have been uh, pictures have surfaced of them doing blackface. Uh, there was a. Uh, a senator in from Virginia, a Republican senator, where his um, yearbook picture, he was doing blackface, and he was standing next to someone in a KKK hood, uh, and apparently he, it was for a Halloween costume. Great choice of Halloween costumes, yo. Uh, I feel like every Halloween we have to remind you what's not okay and what's not o- and what is okay. Uh, so blackface is basically when a person who's not black. Um, paints their face, darkens themselves up, or uh, if they're being stereotypical, they go really black and they do really big red lips. That is what blackface is. Uh, in the queer community, in the Latino community, in the, uh, I guess, the white community, it happens often. Um, most recently, I saw something. There was a drag queen who's now in season 11 of RuPaul's Drag Race. They had a picture up of, I believe, Someone that she was with did blackface and drag. And it's still not okay. Like, um, I know plenty of drag queens who do songs of black artists, and they don't do blackface. Um, now, if we go into black fishing, black fishing has become this new trend where uh, men and women... Uh, who are not black, uh, get tanned up and will paint themselves in, uh, I guess, features that are of the black community to seem black and to gain the popularity that black music or uh, black people have without any other repercussions that it means to be a black person. Um, most uh, notable, um, the most notable, I guess, um, black fisher, in my opinion, would be Ariana Grande, which I'm sure people are going to come at me about this. But if you think about it, if you look at her early pictures, um, she is a white woman. She is Italian-American. Uh, Italian is still white. Um, and so in the last couple of years, she's been pandering a lot more to the black community by being darker, by uh, even her last song, Seven Rings, was very, like, I guess, hip-hop-lish. And someone else that had done this in the past was the Yee, uh, the Yeehaw uh, Miley Cyrus, uh, how she pandered to the black community with hip-hop. And then when she was done with it, she... Uh, I guess, grabbed all the money she could without the repercussions of what it means to be black. Something that really makes me upset is when black people themselves call Ariana Grande a black person. They'll be like, well, she's she's kind of black. She, she can do that. And I'm like, no, she's still white. She's still a white woman. Black fishing. And uh, there's a lot of women that are not Ariana Grande who will do this to date black men um, and to seem black. Uh, I've also seen a lot of gays try to do this to date black men because they have a black man fetish. Uh, And then that takes me into what a black sin is. A black sin is basically when someone who is not black and did not grow up in the hood 
uh, tries to use a vernacular that is common to black people uh, to seem cool or to try and be in with uh, black culture. Uh, you see this a lot with uh, non-black people on TV when they try to be cool. Um, the Kardashians are big black fishers. They're big black sense. Um, and this is why uh, their husbands are black men. Um, but also you see it in uh, day-to-day life. Uh, you uh, Most recently I heard someone talk about their boss was Asian. And whenever black customers would come into the store, she would put a black scent on. Uh, to seem as though she knew the struggle and she was one of the girls. Um, so, yeah, so uh, wh- how do you feel about blackface, black fishing, and even black sense? I would love to know. Uh, go ahead and uh, get on my social medias at It's Just a Talk on Instagram, Twitter, and Snapchat. Uh, I don't use Snapchat as much, but if you want to get at me on Snapchat, go ahead. Slide into those DMs. Um, and if you have a bigger story about anyone that you know, blackface, doing blackface, or your experience with blackface, black fishing, or black sense, uh, go ahead and send me an email at podcast.itsjustatalk at gmail.com. That's podcast.itsjustatalk at gmail.com. And with that, we're going to move on to our next segment, our person of color of the week or our queer excellence of the week. So I guess I'll see you there. Now, whenever something bugs me and I feel unhappy, I just try and think of nice things. Oh, let me see. Nice things. Daffodils. Green meadows, stacks on stacks, breakfast at Tiffany's and bottles of bubbles, girls with tattoos who like getting in trouble, lashes and diamonds, ATM machines, buy myself all of my favorite things, been through some bad shit, I should be a sandwich, who would have thought it turned me to a savage, rather be tied up with coals and not strings, write my own checks Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to It's Just a Talk. That was a really hilarious video that somebody sent me of Julie Andrews, or someone that does a Julie Andrews voice doing Seven Rings, or her version of Seven Rings. So I felt it was fitting, after talking about the Blackfisher, to, uh, you know, make fun of her song, too. Uh, Welcome to our Person of Color of the Week, or our Queer Excellence of the Week, where we talk about someone, or in this uh, case, three people who in the past couple weeks have just exuded what it means to be a person of color or a queer person in our country and in the world. Uh, we're going to start off with Mr. Don Cheeto, who was the host of SNL about two weeks ago, and his wardrobe was really the reason why he's on this list. Uh, when he was presenting the uh, guest singer of the week, he was wearing a shirt that said, Protect Trans Kids. Um, and for to have a cis man, a cis man of color, uh, I guess, come for 
the protection of trans children is definitely something that I uh, look for, and it's something that just put him up there with my favorite people that I know, my favorite actors. Uh, he also wore a, at the end of the show, when they say their goodbyes, he was wearing a Russian hockey um shirt or jersey with Trunt's last name on the back and number 45 on it. Like, if his wardrobe did not make a statement, then I don't know what kind of statement you're trying to make when you're on SNL. And he definitely used his platform. So congrats, Don Cheeto, for being one of our Person of the Week's uh, person of color of the week. Um, moving on to another person of color that definitely, you know, took us by storm in the last couple months is uh, Jalitza Aparicio, who is the indigenous actress in the movie Roma. Uh, she made history by being the first indigenous actress to be nominated for an Oscar for Best Actress. And uh, she just looked amazing during the Oscars. Um, she brought her mom as her date. Um, and despite all the shit-talking that white Mexicans were making um, about how she was ugly and that she was a pinche india, Sergio Goiti said she let none of that face her because bitch is nominated for an Oscar. So Yalitza Aparicio has been in multiple covers um, this month, uh, making her one of the most, uh, I guess, declarated of its time um, right now. And so I just want to... To be able to shout her out. And uh, hopefully Yalitza Aparicio does not turn into Yalitza Desapareció. Um, and we are able to see more of her as time comes. The last person that is our POC excellence of the week or person of color of the week is Jasmine Harrison. Y'all probably don't know who Jasmine Harrison is. But it's okay because you will be knowing who Jasmine Harrison is uh, very soon. Uh, Jasmine Harrison is a young senior um, who actually got a accepted to 112, I mean, 113, my correction. She got accepted to 113 colleges. So uh, she could go anywhere and discover who she is. She said, uh, so Jasmine E. Harrison is a senior at the Academy uh, at Smith in Greensboro, North Carolina. Uh, she not only got accepted to 113 colleges, she also received scholarship offers totally more than $4.5 million, even though she had she plans to attend Bennett College in her hometown of North Carolina. Uh, I'm hoping it's because they're giving her the most money. So shout out to this young, beautiful black woman, Jasmine E. Harrison, uh, making people proud, making people of color proud everywhere. Uh, and it's a great person to end this person of color of the week or queer excellence of the week segment. And now we're going to move on to our next segment today in the country. And yo, we have a lot to talk about. Let's do that, shall we? We'll see you there. I ain't got time for you fake ass hoes. Talking all loud in them fake ass clothes. Fake ass shoes, make that fake ass go. I'm the realest bitch ever see you snake ass hoes. Act up, you could get snatched up. Act up, you could get snatched up. Act up, you could get snatched up. Dirty ass, yes, baby girl, you need to back up. It's your Miami, and I came to run my sack up. Tired ass hoes on my page trying to track us. Brand new chain, city girls going platinum. I keep a baby block, I ain't
As the song's going on, I'm twerking in my closet, twerking in my closet. Welcome back to It's Just a Talk to our next segment, Today in the Country. That was Act Up by City Girls. I was feeling like a twerking mood, so I put some City Girls. Um, they're getting to me. They're like the new girls on the, I guess, the, the what do you call it? What's that um, analogy? The new girls on the, what's it called? Like, the playground. There you go. The new girls on the playground. But I'm loving it. Uh, so today in the country, we're going to start with a couple things before we get to that Cohen hearing. Because you know that I know, that we know, that we're going to talk about that Cohen hearing. Uh, the first thing we're going to talk about is Ms. Diane Feinstein. Uh, this week, a video surfaced of her uh, schooling some children, I guess. These children uh, came to her office to talk about the Green Deal and how they want her to vote for the Green Deal because uh, the environment is important to the, stu- to the children because it is for their future. Uh, it's going to affect them when they're adults. And Ms. Feinstein was a little feisty. Uh, you see pun intended, <laughs> uh, as she was telling them that they, she knew better than them, that she'd been doing this for X amount of years, and that she had more than a million people vote for her, and if they wanted to change something, that they should one day run for senator, like she has, um, so Ms. Diane Feinstein, yo, I don't see you getting reelected anytime soon, especially if some of these children turn 18 when your reelection happens, um, then to go to something light, before we start with something dark, uh, the Smithsonian announced that they're going to be opening a permanent Latino gallery in 2021 in Washington, D.C. This gallery is going to, to I guess, uh, give light to most Latino, Latina, Latinx people that have impacted the United States, but also the world. Uh, I expect uh, Sao Castro to be in there. I expect Dolores Huerta to be there. Selena. Selena better have her own hall. I'm just saying. She better have her statue up in there. Uh, but yeah, I'm excited for that. Uh, so expect me to go to Washington, D.C. in 2021 to see it. Uh, and I guess now we're going to move on to this national emergency. I really wanted to put the um, ding, 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 ding. Um, you know that, that ringtone, like the emergency ringtone? So Trump uh, filed a national emergency to get the money needed to uh, build his wall. Um, and so he claimed that it was a national emergency because there's uh, criminals coming and there is um, drugs coming when, in fact, uh, the borders have caught less people than they have in the last 10 years in the past couple years. And so there is no national emergency. Most recently, about two days ago before the Cohen hearing, um, the House passed a bill to... uh, I guess, cancel his uh, national emergency and to be able to put a halt to it so that he doesn't get that money. Uh, So congrats to the Senate to be able to do that. Uh, And then just when it comes to this Cohen hearing, so Cohen used to be one of the lawyers that presented Trump through so many different things uh, for so many years. So he knows a lot about Trump and the things that he has done. And um, he is trying to, uh, he's going to go to prison. And so to lighten his, um, the years that he's going to be in prison for, he decide he has, I guess, 
allowed to go against Congress and answer questions about Trump uh, to be able to get a lighter sentence. So it's a couple uh, highlights that came up. One of the highlights definitely would be um, Anaya Presley, which is one of the new um, Congresswomen. Uh, she's the Congresswoman to the 7th Congressional District in uh, Massachusetts. And in when she finished her remarks, this is what she said. I just want you to hear it, okay? And, and then for the balance of my time, would you agree that uh, someone could deny uh, rental units to African Americans, uh, lead the birther movement, refer to the diaspora as shithole countries, and refer to white supremacists as fine people, have a black friend and still be racist? Yes. I agree. Ooh, you know, that was a very targeted uh, question, but I applaud her. I applaud AOC, uh, Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez, for the way in which she, um, she was able to, I guess, make it a point that we need Trump's tax returns in order to prove a couple things very strategically. So, shout out to her. I also want to shout out, oh my God, what is her name? I want to say it's Tab Tabli, uh, oh my God, I can't remember her name, but she basically called uh, one of the Republicans racist because what he did is the Republican was um, Mark Meadows. There you go. Uh, he called her. He called him racist because he brought one of Trump's black workers who worked for his campaign to make a point that he couldn't be racist because he has this black woman working for him. And then he, when she called him racist because she said this was a racist act what you were doing, he said, "How dare you call me racist? Never in my life have I ever been racist." Blah blah. blah. But yet, if you look back to 2012, there is a video of him saying something very racist, and I will show it to you right now. Here with you today, I thank you so much for allowing me just a few minutes to talk with you and share a few things. But you know, it's it's interesting. When the more we find out, the more we realize how wrong the direction we're going. And so what we're going to do is take back our country. 2012 is the time that we're going to send Mr. Obama home to Kenya or wherever it is. We're, we're going to send Mr. Obama home to Kenya or wherever he's from. This is what he said in 2011. He is now in Congress for North Carolina. So all I have to say is, like, I know it's not the talk shit portion, but, uh, fuck you, Mr. Meadows. Uh, literally, fuck you. Um, and I just want to say that these women, uh, who are representing us in Congress are... Uh, I love y'all. Y'all are making my day so much better by seeing how you are fucking with the white man and the Republicans. So... Yeah, I am just loving this. Uh, there's more of the hearing that's going to be happening in the next couple of weeks. Uh, so stay tuned. We'll be talking more about what comes from the Cohen hearing and how Trump's wall is literally and figuratively coming down.
With that, we're going to move on to Hoy en el Mundo. We're going to talk about Haiti, and we're going to be talking about Venezuela and what's happening in Venezuela. We'll see you there. So I cut you off. I don't need your love. Cause I already cried enough. I've been done. I've been moving on since we said goodbye. I cut you off. I don't need your love. So you can try all you want. Your time is up. I'll tell you why. I don't give a fuck by Dua Lipa. That's the song that that was. Welcome back to Hoy en el Mundo, our next segment here. Uh, today we're going to be talking about a couple of things that are happening in the world that we have not really heard about because our news have been clogged by DJT and all the crazy shit that he's been doing in our country. Uh, first, we're going to go to the islands of Haiti, which shares the island with the Dominican Republic. Haiti is actually in shambles right now. There's been protests going on for the last couple of weeks as they want their current president and prime minister to um, resign for they have been corrupt and they have been... Um, the police has been corrupt, or at least that's what the citizens say, and they have... a. I guess they've been saying that the politicians have been paying each other. They're making the rich richer and the poor poor. Sounds very um, similar to things that are happening in different parts of the world, actually. Uh, this is important because people in Haiti have been dying. Uh, so far, the death toll last time I read, there was 113 injured with a couple deaths. Uh, schools are closed. Stores are closed. Uh, everything is closed. Haiti is basically at a standstill. And the current president is still saying that he is not going to step down, uh, regardless of the Haiti, the Haitian is that how you say it? The Haitian people uh, revolting and protesting for him and rioting for him to step down. Uh, when we move over to another president or fake president, it is refusing to step down in Venezuela. So in Venezuela, uh, President Nicolas Maduro, uh, he won his election in January. A lot of people are calling this a fake election. So just to go into what happened here. So President Nicolás Maduro was elected a couple years back to his first term as president. During that term, he started uh, to give more money to the rich. And he started to basically rewrite our their version of, their, of our constitution uh, in Let's say, let's put it this way. The, what he did was he got rid of all the people in the House uh, or in uh, their equivalent of the House of, of our House of Representatives um, and then filled it up with people that agree with him. So anyone that did not agree with him, you know, got either imprisoned or went missing or was not allowed to run. So now he's composed of this, uh, I, I forgot what they call it, but it's our equivalent of the House of Representatives, filled with people that agree with him. When it came to the election, um, a lot of people were, I guess, feared violence if they didn't vote for him. And a lot of people were not allowed to vote all over Venezuela. They were not allowed to vote 
because their voting polls uh, were closed, voter suppression happened, the people that did vote were people that were forced to vote through violence, and this is why he won. After he won... um, his second term, the opposition leader, Juan Guaido, declared himself the interim president because of all the corrupt things that uh, Maduro was happening, that Maduro was doing. All the corruption that he was, that he has been doing has caused uh, massive inflation in uh, Venezuela where people could not even afford groceries anymore. Uh, the, the poverty in Venezuela has reached an all-time high. The violence has reached an all-time high, and people are fleeing to neighboring countries in South America because they can't live in Venezuela anymore. Uh, what once was able to buy people a full meal, now it's not even enough to buy them an egg, a single egg. And so uh, there has been thousands and thousands of protesters that have rallied across the country in support of Guaido. Uh, a couple countries has uh, considered or stepped behind the uh, Guaido, who was the one that declared himself the interim president. The United States, Canada, and Latin American countries uh, quickly recognizing him as the legitimate head of the state. Uh, but Maduro uh, is reserved remaining diplomatic ties for the United States and ordered its embassy personnel out of the country within 72 hours. So he is basically kicking out anyone from embassies that are not agreeing with him. And he is completely and utterly um, just becoming a dictator in this uh, democratic uh, country that was that once Venezuela used to be. It's not anymore. Um, and so most recently, uh, Nicolás Maduro has announced... Uh, from his balcony that he will not be stepping down because he is the legitimate president as he won this election, even though he um, has, uh, I guess, corruptly uh, um, paid for the election for him to win. Uh, Most recently, uh, a very famous reporter, Jorge Ramos, uh, went down there to report and to interview Maduro uh, and what's going on in Venezuela. And when Maduro did not like what was going on or the questions that they were asking, uh, Maduro took Jorge Ramos and his crew and detained them, uh, took all their things away, their phones, their cameras, everything, and basically ordered them to leave the country right away. Um, Venezuela is definitely going through a, a revolution again. I can see that happening soon. Uh, but I just need you to know the facts about Venezuela. Uh, Maduro is not a legitimate president. He basically corruptly paid for this um, election and for him to be reelected. And the, the new person who announced himself as a president... Uh, as the interim president was a person that ran against him, which is uh, Juan Guaido. And the Venezuelan people have um, basically said that they want Juan Guaido to be their president, but Maduro is not stepping down, and people continue to disappear. People are starving. Uh, people continue to flee their country, and the, op- the surrounding countries are o- taking Venezuelan people with open arms as they know the harsh conditions that they are living in. Uh, so prayers up for Venezuela. 
Um, I've posted a couple things on my Facebook and on my Instagram about Venezuela. So go ahead and uh, read up on that so that you can learn more about uh, what's happening in Venezuela. And with that, we're going to move on to my favorite segment of the podcast. We told you some tea. We told you some truth. And now the time has come for us to talk some shit. Let's do that because we have a lot of people we're talking shit about today. Let's do this. Can we just talk? Can we just talk? Talk about where we're coming before we get lost. Let me out first. Can't get away with our home. I've never felt like this before. I apologize if I'm moving too far. Can we just talk? Some shit. Can we just talk some shit? That was talk by Khalid and Disclosure. And welcome to my favorite part of the podcast where we get to talk some shit. First of all, we have a list this week because people have just been going off the rockers for the last week, two, three weeks. I'm sorry I did not say this at the beginning. I want to apologize for not having an episode last week. Uh, I've been going through a lot of personal shit recently. Um, did not expect to be 30 uh, and at this place in my life, but I'm here. And so, fuck it, let's do it. I'm just looking up. I found this amazing meme today that said, hey, you remember who the fuck you are and I'm just trying to remind myself who the fuck I am and to you listeners remember who the fuck you are uh for first of all we're gonna talk some shit uh we're gonna talk shit about the Madison Trust Elementary School the Madison Trust Elementary School decided that it was great to have a hide-and-go-seek game for uh, Black History Month, but they separated the black kids from the rest of the kids, and they called it a runaway slave game, where all the black kids were runaway slaves, and the other kids were going to have to find them, and they were the sharecroppers, or whatever you want to call it. When... I just want to know, who the fuck are these teachers? Who the fuck is this principal? And who the fuck is still letting your children go to Madison Trust Elementary School after they allowed your children to play a game called Runaway Slave for Black History Month? Fuck you, Madison Trust Elementary School. Talking about children who are pendejos, this seven-year-old kid, the hot chocolate for the wall child, I believe it was in Arizona, if I'm mistaken, it might have been Texas, I might have my information wrong, but there was a seven-year-old boy who was selling hot chocolate to raise money for Donald Trump to build a wall. First of all, hot chocolate uh, is Mexican, let me just remind you that. Second of all, um, you're in a Mexican land that used to be from Mexico. So, uh, fuck you to the parents of this kid. I'm not going to say fuck you to the kid. He's just following what the fuck his parents are doing. Uh, I want to say a big fuck you to the NAACP. I know you guys, I know y'all might be like, why the NAACP? Like, I thought they did good things. So, they recently released, um, their, what's the word that I'm thinking? Their list of nominees for the NAACP, NAACP Awards. And one very specific show that was the majority black 
cast was overlooked. So the NAACP decided to overlook Pose. Pose, if you do not know what Pose is, Pose is an FX. It's a show that highlights the ball culture um, in New York during the 80s. And so the NAACP decided that they weren't important enough to get nominated for any of the awards. So uh, this just shows the amount of homophobia that lives in communities of color still. Um, the fact that this show was one of the most popular shows last year, but it was very strategically overlooked. Um, talking about people that I want to talk shit about, uh, fuck you to the Esquire, who wrote a very boring and long article titled An American Boy, uh, basically uh, following the life of this white boy in Wisconsin, I think it was Milwaukee, Wisconsin, um, and basically trying to show that life is so hard for poor white boy to live in today's America with all this privilege. Poor white boy. Won't someone give him a chance? Fuck you, Esquire. Just completely fuck you. Uh, we're going to leave questions to the opinion for next month because we have a couple of final bonus wings uh, to go ahead and talk about. Uh, first of all, I want to go ahead and give a shout-out to... Uh, my friend uh, Selma Blair. I would love. I would love to say that she's my friend. She's really not. If you do not know who Selma Blair is, she is famous for some cult classics like Cruel Intentions. Uh, uh, what's it called? Not Pretty in Pink. Um, where she's a lawyer, and Bend and Snap. I can't think about it, but I know you'll remember. Remind me uh, at the Oscars. She recently um, came out at the Oscars walking in with a cane uh, after her diagnosis that she has multiple sclerosis. Uh, she did an, an interview for Good Morning America uh, to try and show people what multiple sclerosis looks like. Um, Another my uh, final bonus wings, uh, dating around on Netflix. If you haven't seen it, go ahead and watch it. Uh, Netflix. If you listen to this uh, podcast or anyone on Netflix listen to this podcast, please consider me for season two. Uh, I've been dating around for quite some time, and it has not been happening. And finally, I just want to go ahead and uh, give a huge shout out to uh, Dorenis, who is um, one of my friends. Um, and one of the hosts of her own podcast with my Himela Nathan. Their podcast is called I Got You. And so I want to just give a shout out to her and to people that came to help me during some things that were happening with me personally here in the Bay Area. Um, she was traveling back from Dallas and she still called me early in the morning the next day at 8.30 to give me her HR expertise and just the best advice that she can give me for things that are going on with my current, with my employment at the time. Um, and I just want to, they mentioned something in their podcast that really captivated me. Uh, when they said that you could be working in a place where you work with people of color, but you can still be working in an environment that is guided by white supremacy. Um, that's definitely something that it can hit close to home. 
Uh, I will be talking more about it within the next couple years. I mean, with next next couple episodes about what happened. Uh, just know that if you ever have a boss who is a person of color and does not identify as a person of color, you should run very, very far. Uh, I'm currently in talks with a couple lawyers about moving things forward. Uh, never thought I'd be in this position in my life. Uh, never thought that I would say that I was discriminated till now. Uh, but yeah, uh, if you have any questions and we haven't talked about it yet, feel free to reach out. Other than that, I feel excited that we're finally releasing this episode, episode 014. Um, and we are working on some things for the rest of the episodes that are just really exciting to me. Uh, working on a new logo, working on just having new uh, people come into the studio, a.k.a. my closet. I am revamping this closet to be to really be a closet slash studio uh, with the help of Ikea. Uh, I just really want to continue to put out art, uh, and this is the way that I, this is a form of my art, along with many other forms of art that I do. Uh, so thank you so much for listening. I appreciate y'all. I love y'all. But before I go, remember to follow me on my Instagram at It's Just a Talk, uh, my Twitter at It's Just a Talk, and if you still use Snap Snapchat at It's Just a Talk as well. Uh, email me your questions for next week's La Opinion at podcast.itsjustatalk at gmail.com. That's podcast.itsjustatalk at gmail.com. If you love this podcast, please rate it and comment on it. Tell your friends about it, about this crazy thing that I'm doing called It's Just a Talk. It's where we talk some tea, we talk some truth, but we always leave time to talk some shit. I'm your host, Mauricio, and I hope you have a great rest of your weekend. Bye.